to our Humans at Work episode for today. We are speaking with Murray Guest. Hello, Murray. How are you? I'm wonderful, Michelle. How are you? I'm very good and so nice to chat to you today. I always love your words of wisdom, so I'm looking forward to our conversation. I love catching up with you too. Um, I love the way that you ask questions and you've got, you're full of wisdom as well. So looking forward to chatting. (laughs) Great. Awesome. Maybe you can kick off just by sharing a little bit about who you are, what you do, what kind of clients you work with, and we can start from there. Yeah, great. Thanks, Michelle. So I'm based in Newcastle, north of Sydney, also known as God's country, beautiful part of the world. Um, And here I am doing a lot of online sessions. Um, Prior to that, a lot of face-to-face sessions, but um, I work with a range of clients, helping them develop their culture and develop their leadership. And I do that through team-based sessions and uh, one-on-one coaching. And I really, really love when I get to work with a leader who believes in their development of their people and developing that culture of their team and working with that leader with some coaching then working with the team with some team sessions. I'm very much strengths-based as well. Uh, I use the Clifton Strengths Finder assessment quite a bit. I just counted up, I think it's over 3,700 people I've helped understand their strengths in the last six years. So that comes into a lot of the work I do. I'm working with clients, different sizes from small to medium to some very large and working with different teams across those organizations. Um, and I would say that right now there's a big focus on well-being and building that resilience because of what the last 18 months has been like and having lots of conversations about how we're looking after ourselves, how we're looking after each other and how we're filling up our cup through all those little things. So I'm sure we'll get to that at some stage in the conversation. Um, and yeah, so I don't wouldn't say also, Michelle, not a specific industry that I work with because I believe it's about the leaders I like to work with and the culture and organizations. So I could work, for example, in construction or in pharmaceutical or in power distribution or accounting. They're all very different industries, but it's about the type of organizations that are in those industries. Mm, beautiful. Let's kick off with the well-being question because you're right, it's so pertinent at the moment. What are some practical things that teams can do for each other? to enhance their well-being? I think one thing that COVID in this past 18 months has really shown is that we're all very different people. We're all very unique. We've all got very unique situations. And whilst there's been a virus that can impact all of us, that people's home lives are all very unique, their relationships are unique, their um, needs and wants between home and work are quite unique. And I think what teams have been doing, the best teams and what teams can do more of is know what those uniquenesses are that each person has and what are those uniquenesses that each person desires to fill up their cup. For example, Michelle, if you said to me, oh, Murray, you look down a bit today. Um, How about you go for a swim? I don't like swimming. I'm an okay swimmer at the beach, can splash around in the waves with my kids, but I'm not going to go and do laps at the pool. But if you know me as a, uh, a fellow team member, you would know that I like to ride mountain, ride my mountain bike. You tell me to get out and go for a ride on your bike. And so I think there's something there around team members knowing what fills up the cup of their team mates and they encourage them to do that, to look after themselves and to remind them because in our busyness and in our rushing of life and wanting to get things done, that self-care can take a back seat. Um, definitely for um, just about everyone at some stage that happens. And it's about 
as teams that really don't just care for themselves but care for each other, they all know what's that thing and encourage their teammates to do that. Mm, Beautiful. And you kind of alluded to this, but let's flesh it out a little bit more. I'm interested in how the strengths approach really plays out in teams and what kind of benefit that brings to teams to work with strengths. So what? how many hours we got to talk about this one? <laughs> there only needed one person, didn't I? <laughs> well, um, the way I like to think about this is there's some things that when we approach it, we really get that energy, we get energised, we um, get in that state of flow, we feel like we're at our best, um, we instinctively know what to do and we can't wait to do it again. Now, if teams get to approach their work through their strengths, they're going to have all those emotions. And a strengths-based approach for teams is how do we create opportunities for people to use their strengths in the work that they do day in, day out? How do we provide those opportunities for people to use those strengths? And how do we embrace the difference between the way people do them? If we go back a few decades, and unfortunately still now in some teams and organisations, It's had an approach of, well, the job description says this and now you should do the job like this and everyone should do it the same because we're all robots. And then we'd have a bunch of people that just aren't happy, they're not getting a chance to bring what they do best and they feel like they're all trying to fit into some mould, some box, some some specific way of doing it. Strengths-based is saying we want to achieve the outcomes and we want to get the work done we need to do, but how do we do it through the lens and the approach of people's strengths? For example, if someone's very high in one of the Clifton Strengths themes, which is restorative, it's up the top of their report, and restorative, if you want to think about restoring cars or restoring furniture, making things right, fixing things. If someone has that lens at the top of their Clifton Strengths report, we know that's the way they see the world. Instead of saying, well, Murray, just get on with it and stop trying to fix things, or Murray, stop bringing up problems at our team meeting that you think are going to go wrong, We turn that around and we invite the perspective. We bring that to the forefront and we allow that person to bring their strengths to life. And it might look different with some language like, hey, Murray, this is a new project. What do you think could go wrong? Or how are we going to fix this problem? And I'm going to bring that insight because that's the way I see the world. And so Mm -hmm. strengths-based team believe in the strengths of themselves and each other. They're aware of the blind spots that they have. And they also believe in a strengths-based approach by let's leverage the strengths of mine, of yours, of each other. But here's the thing too, Michelle, it's not just the Clifton Strengths framework I've mentioned, but I think about strengths-based approach also embracing the uniqueness of each person, the perspective, the experience, the skills. And a little practical thing I did with a team not so long ago, I've done it now with a few teams, where I said, let's just have a steam, uh, sorry, a team stock take. And I said, want everyone to bring to the discussion something that they know or have done in the past or have some insight in that maybe the rest of the team don't know about. And we had team members share things like, oh, I was actually part of a committee that was providing um, guidance and insights into a change in legislation on heavy vehicles in Australia. And everyone looked at them and said, what, when, when did you do that? And, oh, I did that about 15, 20 years ago. I went, oh, what was that like? How did you do that? What was your advocacy like? What was it like being involved in policy decisions? 
And then someone else said, oh, I was part of a rollout of a, a major CRM project in a previous employer. And they're like, oh, really? What was that like? Again, bring that to the table and provide people the opportunity to share that and, and how do we learn from that from each other? So when you are actively working with strengths and you brought people's individual quirks, for want of a better description, to the table and you're working with those, that would result in a, an exceptional team. Tell me what an exceptional team looks like. Have you worked with one? Do you know about one? What are they? What are what are the behaviours that you're seeing externally from an exceptional team? Such a great question, Michelle. I knew you asked good questions. <laughs> um, I, I reckon there's a couple of things that jump out to me. One is clarity that people have clarity within the team. They're clear. I think when we don't have clarity, there's murkiness, there's anxiousness, there's confusion, there's stress. And so from an outside point of view, you can see people have clarity. They have clarity in expectations. They have clarity about where they're going. They have clarity about whose strengths um, are what. They have clarity around their roles and responsibilities and agreed behaviour, but that's all very clear. And you can see that that drives this, this way of working that makes it easier for them. Um, so that's one thing. Secondly, I'd say exceptional teams um, have a culture where it's okay to stuff up. It's okay to be human. It's okay to um, make mistakes. And not only that is okay, but they embrace that. And I think it's one thing to say, oh, failing's okay and we'll learn from that, but to really live it and breathe it. And when you see that and you can see it in the language that people use and how they react and even some of the real small Microneurons when they respond when someone makes an error about how does people genuinely actually say that's okay you're human let's learn from that how does that help us become even better going forward so I'd say that's there's clarity we really embrace learning really embrace um, those things that don't go quite right and and we make that even better um, and I would say the third one is they have fun. Yeah. Yeah, there's, um, you know, whether you're working eight hours a day, 10 hours a day, 12 hours a day, whatever it might be, um, you're working from home or you've got some sort of hybrid condition where you're working the office and working from home, that's a lot of time, you know, with these people that you're working with day in, day out. The teams that are exceptional, um, to quote a leader I worked with years ago, we do serious work, but we don't need to be serious all the time. And I think how they, I would say, is exceptional teams are really bringing out that fun element in everything they do. Let's have some fun. Let's have some joy. Yeah, there is the fun and there's that connectedness about feeling really safe, about gently teasing someone about something or whatever and knowing that you can do that and it's all in good fun and everyone's fine. Yeah. 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 And, 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 again, there's clarity around, well, I know I can say this because that's okay and that's a bit of fun and that person knows me and there's respect there, but... I wouldn't say something else because I know that's disrespectful because we know each other. Um, Mm -hmm. And I would be completely, um, I guess, skipping over something here if I didn't mention it. And when we talk about exceptional teams, of course, we're going beyond, you know, great teams or good teams, and that's trust. And trust is obviously an element that's across all those teams, and we can't get to exceptional without trust, that I've got trust in each other. It takes everything else, doesn't it? hundred percent. Yeah. Mm. And it's interesting because it's so, I, I think, you know, I've worked with so many teams over the years and mm. 
if there's one thing you notice about teams, it's when there's a lack of trust. Oh, yeah. Really yeah, notice right. that. And so speak to me now about some of the more dysfunctional teams you might have worked with and what do you notice amongst people in those environments? Um, it's amazing how adults can throw tantrums, Michelle. <laughs> yes, yes. Go the adult tanty. <laughs> oh, no. They, 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 and, and, and let me be very clear too that it's not a, a female thing. Males are very good at it as well. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I've seen that. So male tantrums, adult tantrums, um, gossiping. Um, I would say stuck in the past, stuck in the the way we used to do it, um, the way that it used to happen. Um, so those type of um, attitudes, which, of course, drive language of I don't want to change, I, I'm not going to embrace it. Um, that 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 it's wrong and not trying new things. So that's I'd say that's one definitely. Um, a lack of communication. Um, we think about trust is obviously essential. I'd also say when we're looking at dysfunctional teams that there's a lack of communication of talking about how things are going, talking about where we're up to, talking about um, what's happening on people's projects or tasks, or even being proactive and sharing that information as well. All that's not happening. I've worked with a very dysfunctional team a couple of years ago where um, a blue-collar team and to to quote someone, we're not just stabbing ourselves in the back, we're stabbing each other in the front. Like it was, you know, real unhelpful behaviours. And what we were seeing is someone would complete a task that they would need to do before they pass it on to someone else in the team who would do the next task. And they would actually, it was a, a hands-on piece of work in a um, maintenance facility and they would complete the work and then leave it on the other person's desk and not even talk to them on their workbench. So it's just sitting there. So this person didn't know where it was up to, what was done, what wasn't done. Complete lack of trust, of respect, of appreciation, of communication, of clarity. So all that was missing. And what was the impact of that? Poor production, poor quality, more costs. Um, longer turnaround times to get equipment back out to the factory, all that was then happening. Was mm. it a nice and place think, to work? I think sometimes people don't make those linkages. You know, they don't necessarily make the linkage between the gossip in the team yeah. and the lack of the capability or capacity to produce a document, for, for example's sake. Yeah, so, yeah. And, and and I would say that and if we then think about do people like going to work in that team? Not at all. So are they happy? Are they treating their customers well? Are they treating each other well? No, they're not. Yeah, that's right. It's um it's it's so interesting when you look at teams that way. We've we've almost come to our time, but I want to ask you one last question as a wrap-up. And this question is what words of wisdom would you give to everyone out there who is the member of a team about something that they could do better in order to make their team function better? Recognize each other. Mm. So, and what I mean by that is um, a pat on the back and appreciation, showing some gratitude, some respect for each other goes a, a real long way. And I don't think there's enough of that. And I'm sure no one is sitting around saying, hey, stop telling me I'm doing a good job. I'll stop telling me I'm appreciated. No one is putting their hand up and saying that. I guarantee <laughs> no, it. Very true. Very true. And if you think, if you look at a, a real high-performing sports team on the field, on the court, and the communication and the way they talk to each other, 
the way they encourage each other, the way that they'll communicate all the time. We take that and we put that in the workplace in a high-functioning team and then start to appreciate each other more, start to recognise each other, appreciate the small wins, the, the little improvements, the, the help, and do it online if or on Skype or Zoom, whatever platform you're using, and notice the difference it shifts in the culture of your team to just recognise each other. Absolutely. There's something very powerful in affirmations and giving people some positive feedback. Thank you so much for all your insights and um, stories this morning, Murray. I really appreciate that. No worries. Thanks heaps, Michelle. Everyone keep well. Great chatting to you, Michelle. Great. And if you are listening to the Humans at Work podcast, it's produced by the Being More Human team, and we work with individuals, teams, and organisations to help them reach their human potential. Thanks again. Cheers. Cheers.